creators reach out to tell me they dislike React content. So as of today, three of the nine videos have come out in the React series. Thus far, I've received like at least a dozen messages from content creators. Like I don't know that many content creators. There's not that many people who would reach out to me because they like video and like a dozen. I've been like, man, I, I, I totally understand. Or like, you've convinced me, I've, I've changed my mind, or um, I agree and you're, you're fighting the good fight and stuff. And common sentiment, of course, always being like, man, I wish I could say stuff like that you're saying, but I, I can't, I can't risk the back backlash. Because as I've said many times, a lot of creators don't have high opinions of React content, e even without some um, having heard my arguments explaining the, the long-term effects and stuff. Uh, the sentiment was that it's very negative. It's just that, you know, there's not much point saying that because you're, uh, the effect you're going to have is so small and you're just going to piss people off, as I talked about in the video. I belong to this Discord where there's a bunch of speedrun content creators, speedrunner content creators, right? Make a lot of documentaries and stuff, big and small, you know. It's the only kind of group that I belong to that's uh, outside of, you know, the GTA kind of sphere. Like, I don't have that many friends. Uh, if you can call people you only know online, through, through business associations, friends, which, you know, um, like I, I, I think I'm, I, I think of myself as, as friendly with um, Sonny Evans, uh, TG and Modest Pelican, and a few other people, you know, but, but obviously I, I, we're not exactly going to movies every weekend, you know, but whatever. Uh, so in this group, more than a handful of times, we've, I've kind of butted head, heads with people over the idea of React content, trying to explain my point of view. And uh, when I released the video, that a handful of them um, said, that was a great video, man, didn't, didn't you know, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I hadn't thought of it from that perspective before. That was very um, wonderful to hear. Obviously, in general, I'm the, the series is meant to target a, a general audience. Like, the only way this changes in any capacity is if, if, if I, you change the minds of the viewers, right? And uh, they support other things. And I, I, I never expect, but as the series is going right now, like, it's not, it's not going to get a bajillion views, right? It's never going to get that far. People just don't care to that degree. But uh, the response has been positive in general. So I uh, I will change some minds. And at least I've done something, you know. It's very hard to change the world in a positive way. But if, if you feel like you've just done a little bit, maybe that can be enough. Plus, some of the videos that are coming up are really funny. In, in multiple different ways, funny. The only video that's just pure comedy is the 14 pages video. But uh, all the videos are funny for different reasons. XQC and sponsored gambling streams. XQC recently was on stream. I think uh, I heard this secondhand, but there's articles about it where apparently his dad chewed into him because XQC lost $2 million gambling. And now he's taken a gambling sponsorship for uh, to play slots on stream, which is similar to what uh, train Trainwrex does. He's one of the most viewed people on Twitch and all he does is play slots like 30 hours, just, just non-stop, just going again and again and again and again. Because these gambling websites have just like astronomical amounts of money to, to spend. Because obviously the it's always in the house favor. You know, you're you're just you're just printing money if you get people into your your gambling website. Especially because as a it's a website, your uh your costs for running the business is so fucking low. And uh so more of the scummy higher up people. Uh, in, the, in the Twitch ecosystem who have no moles can just accept, you know, multi-million dollar contracts for gambling sponsorships. But in XQC's case, it was like a year ago or something where he said that uh, he would never take another one again. Because there was all this backlash about it and uh, 
Apparently Mizkiff might be taking one of these gambling sponsorships as well. Because none of them have any morals. They just don't fucking care. The only reason these companies give these sponsorships to these streamers is because they believe that the viewers will lose more money than that they're paying in the sponsorship, right? The reason why I'm not more outspoken against gambling sponsorships is because I like gambling. Like, I've, I've talked about my history with gambling before. So, a long time ago, when I was like early 20s, you know, eight, 18 or over 18, I would work weekends and the people I knew at the time, you can call them my friends if you like, they worked weekdays. So if I ever went to like a meetup or a party or something, I'd be getting there like, like 10, 11 p.m. Uh, as everything's, uh, you know, everyone's already pretty drunk and stuff. Uh, so like I, I had my weekdays fairly free, like Monday to Thursday often. And so I would have no one to hang out with, nothing to do. And so I would uh, like probably one day a week go to the Star Casino and I would play very low stakes Texas Hold'em. Like I was probably like up a thousand dollars and then like over six months I lost it all and I was probably down a thousand dollars at the end. Like I was, I was very low stakes gambling. And Texas Hold'em being one of the few gambling games that uh, if your skill, if you you play, if you have some skill, you can actually get ahead. Um, not that I had much skill, mind you, because the you don't play against the house; you play against other people. It's a the sum of the players will always lose because the house takes a certain cut of each pot, you know, like like ten bucks or whatever. But but individuals at the table can can be ahead by the end of the night. I stopped doing this when I quit my job and started studying because I didn't have an income anymore. Or at least not a significant one because I was just getting benefits from my government. And so I was like, I, I can't afford to do this. I'm not doing it anymore. And I, I, I quit. And since then, this is, you know, in, in, the, in the last five or so years, I probably gambled maybe like three times in all that time. But for those unaware, I had a gambling sponsorship once. This was towards the very early days of my stream. It was one of my first three sponsorships. Now, I want to make the case that it's a little bit different for me taking those sponsorships because for one, I was more ignorant at the time, but also because I was poor. My income was uh, at the time less than what I was, my expenses were. So I was taking whatever sponsorships that I could. Like I ended up taking a gambling sponsorship to play just uh, some blackjack, which is where my most popular clip of all time comes from, where she, she called me Dark Weaver or whatever. And then I had like two mobile game sponsorships, one for Lords Mobile and an another Lords game or something. The Lords Mobile was actually quite fun, but it paid to win aspects. But yeah, I, he's probably paying me like 500 bucks, but at the time 500 bucks was a lot of money. This is very different from XQC who, you know, is making $4 million a year from Twitch alone and then many millions more on top of that for YouTube. He doesn't need to take those sponsorships to get by like I did. If you count all your gambling expenses over the years together, you were just like $1,000 in the hole, considering that's money spent on entertainment. I think most adults spend that much more on entertainment. Anyway, I mean, I spend more than that on D JDM car stuff. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. You're, you make, what you're saying is true. I, I'm probably down more than $1,000 since then, but certainly in the dollar per hour for entertainments, the low stakes gambling that I was playing was uh, some somewhat good value for money, at least at the time. But, you know, gambling can always snowball where, you know, suddenly you don't get the same thrill betting $200. Now you have to bet $400. Now you got to bet $600. Now you got to bet $700. And then eventually you're, you're, you're screwed, right? If you can avoid gambling, it's definitely something that you should do. It is a, uh, as a advice that can snowball and destroy your life. I still remember to this day, I was in the elevator leaving. I think I'd uh, lost that day. Like, 
what I would end up doing usually was I would go with 200 or $400. And if I lost the 200, I go, well, I, I, I'll leave. But I was, I was leaving. I think I lost my 200. I was go going down to the, the elevator and there was a guy in there and he, his eyes were red. Looked like he'd been crying. Looked like he, he, like someone, hasn't, so, someone hadn't beaten him up, but someone had spiritually beaten him up. Like every aspect of his, his being had just said, I don't, I don't want to live anymore. And he's, he's like, uh, he, he, like he, he, we engaged in some small talk that clearly represented him as a person who'd lost a fuck ton of money and he, he really needed to win. And I think of that guy every time I think about gambling and the way that clearly he'd ruined himself something fierce. There's a lot of psychological factors that can trap you with gambling. Uh, I like playing it without actual cash. The game's fun, but adding money to it, that can be dangerous. Yeah, I think the best form of gambling is one where there is stakes, but not really. As in, like, you have seven friends, and you play, you all chip in 20 bucks, and then you play Texas Hold'em, and the person who wins, who has all the chips at the end, they get the $140. So there's stakes, but not, like, real stakes, you know? Like, there's a winner of something. Uh, Bob, you said that... Having your psych degree, I think you are less likely the person to get tangled up in gambling since you recognize it early. I never like to think of myself that way. Like, I, I have a bachelor's degree. I'm, no, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a, you know, I'm a, a therapist or, a, you know, a clinical psychologist. I'm not, I'm not like that. Uh, a bachelor's degree, all it really gives you is kind of like you understand the scope of the topic. And you've got, like, a toe worth of knowledge of everything that exists. You have a greater understanding than the average person, but you're not an expert. And I never want to think of myself as a person who uh, can't fall victim to psychological biases or, or the, the normal psychological failings of humans. Because I've done that. I, I even mentioned in the first video where I, I often will assume malice in people rather than in, uh, assuming incompetence. Whether that's because it's just easier to assume that, because you just want to assume that this person's clearly a bad person. But that's not always the case. Uh, like, I, I, I'm human, so I will fall victim to these things. But I, I would like to argue that having some knowledge that these failings exist and being wary of them can help you catch yourself more quickly than other people, even if you still fall victim to them. Uh, my degree's in psychology. So I, I have a community services degree, which I used to get into um, university because I it showed that I had um, aptitude. Oh, no, but, well, I guess it showed that I had aptitude, but I also was just committed to actually wanting to go. While in university, I did every single unit required for a criminology degree, except one. I can't remember exactly why, but they, they said they wouldn't give it to me even if I did that last unit. Because I, I was... Because technically some of the required units were also units that were required for my psych degree. And so I thought I could get both, but they said that I couldn't. But whatever. But yeah, all my electives were in criminology. But, I, but technically I have a bachelor's of social science with a major in psychology. But of course, I did this back in 2016. So acting as though, you know, I remember the, like, the entire course six years later is not, you know, right. People's inability to understand XQC. Is XQC fluent in English? I couldn't listen to anything you said. As someone whose mother language isn't English, I, you can't stand his speaking. What is his native language? But it, like English is XQC's second language. But obviously, people who uh, you know their second language being English don't speak like XQC traditionally. Like he speaks ridiculously fast. When I was making the response video to XQC, I had no issues understanding what he was saying because I listened to everything at like two times speed. If I've already seen something, I can watch it at three times speed and understand everything it said. Like, I don't know if I've always been this way or I've just slowly ramped myself up over time. 
but I've never had issues with things being sped up. And so I didn't, I didn't think when I was making the response that maybe I should give him subtitles. As much of a pain in the ass as that would have been, maybe I should have done that. And and, and my, my mods who watched it beforehand, they didn't think of that either. So clearly it's not just me. I, I'm, in, I'm interested to know how many people were, were dissuaded from continuing to watch the video just because they couldn't understand what the fuck he was saying. But even, even if you could understand his words, what he was trying to communicate was not often obvious to people because a lot of it was really goddamn stupid. Uh, XQC is not a smart dude. Uh, as I tried to make the case, well, actually, once upon a time, the common sentiment was uh, that to get ahead in this industry, you had to have at least some smarts. Like, you had to be savvy to at least some degree, right? Uh, with the rise of live streaming, I no longer think that's the case. Live streaming, you can purely get there just on an appealing personality. Well, of course, right place, right time but being the most important thing. But uh, th then endurance. It's debated what percentage of people are like this, but there's a certain percentage of people who who need less sleep than everyone else, half as much sleep, and can be equally as regenerated uh, at the beginning of each day. I'm, I wonder if XQC is like one of those people. Getting out these anti-react content videos almost killed me. Hi Matt, just a quick message to say I'm loving the recent vids. They clearly show you have put a lot of time and effort into them. Not saying other videos aren't as good, but I enjoy them too. It is very rare for me to do a project of this scope. Making these nine videos, the total writing was 150 pages, although 50 pages that was outtakes. And I mean, I guess it's probably like two months writing them because I was writing notes at least when I was making Pacifist. So I went from Pacifist, which just was, took a ridiculous amount of hours, like over 200 hours to make that video. And then I moved on to these and it, it crushed me emotionally. I got Bob to help me with the last video, which is the, the major video, because I was just like, I, I need this to be done. And I'm freaking out the Bob, like, oh man, I'm, I'm dying here. I'm so stressed and sad and stuff. And I'm just happy that it's, uh, you are getting through this now. Did I get any responses from the people at the focus of my videos? Have you had any of the people you have mentioned in your video respond to you or mention the video? So I, as I said in the first video that I made in the series, my expectation with reactors is always that they will not respond. Carl made the case when we had our conversation after the first React drama, Carl made the case that because of the way that that drama occurred with my script getting out there and those um, provocative analogies that people refused to just accept how they were actually being used, whatever. He said that maybe that's a blessing in disguise because absent them, very little attention would have been paid to this and maybe it's done some good. And while I, I think maybe he was probably right that it was only because of those things that any attention was paid. Actually, I kind of made that case in the first video as well. I don't think it really led to any good. If you give people outs, they will take them and just focus on, uh, you know, the, the, the typing mistake with the 20 million thing or the analogies and then just ignore everything else. That hour long video is really tight. Like poking a hole in it is very difficult just because it's so robust and, and, and long and whatnot. And even if you want to try and poke a hole in it, all the rest of the videos in this series are, are covering literally everything else. If you wanted to respond to me with, with me releasing nine videos, how are you going to do it? It's hard enough responding to, you know, a 20 minute video, but this is something like three hours worth of content. So like, even if these reactors wanted to respond, their ability to respond to something that long and that well argued, and also that they're certainly in the wrong is... You know, they don't have that great of an ability to do so, right? 
Any hate from, received from reactors yet? Part of me feels like they just avoid it to prevent their audiences realizing how awful their morals are. Kind of like what Asmund did with your older videos regarding React content. Yeah. Um, again, the only reason my script in the first place got uh, any acknowledgement was because of Charlie. I, I still find it hard to believe that even a significant portion of reactors don't know what they're doing and how much they're screwing over other people. Um, like XQC, XQC and Hassan are really dumb. Like it's conceivable that neither of them understand. Although it's surprising with Hassan because he, you know, he engages with the more uh, left wing of politics, the, the idea about caring about worker exploitation. But I'm, I'm fairly convinced that most of them know what they're doing. And, and so I assumed when I wrote that first script that they would do their best to ignore it and just not give it any additional attention because they wouldn't want people to call into question what they're doing. And so this time around, especially now that the video is airtight and effectively perfect, uh, doesn't have any kind of meme to latch onto like there was last time, it's not going to get a response from someone like Charlie, and the video is an hour long, I would expect that the vast majority will ignore it. Uh, I believe that um, uh, someone sent me something on Twitter where uh, XQC's audience was begging him to watch the video, and he's like, oh, this is an hour, I'm not watching it. And then he skipped it. I'm like, yeah, well, that, that's... So, on one hand, I'd rather he didn't watch it, because, as, as I explained in the video, I don't think it helps the video. It's largely just going to hurt it. But, but secondly, reactions to that kind of informational content is awful, because a person will pause the video and go on a diatribe about something uh, that gets responded to 40 minutes in. Or they will pause the video mid-argument, and then by the time they unpause the video, everyone in the, the chat has forgotten what was initially said. Like, the, the reactions reduce the quality of the original video, in a way. At least in terms of its informational content, uh, it can still improve it for the audience because they have an audience to watch it with. You know, you have you have a friend, uh, you, you, you're fucking around laughing at something, right? Like, I would much rather every reactor just watch it off stream by themselves where they can take it in, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm more interested in um, the viewers watching it because, as I've said before, once you start that exploitation game, there's nothing that can replace that, you know? There's, there's no other business model that can get you the kind of gains that reaction content can because, you know, when you, when you have to deal with uh, managing people or paying for labor or whatever, organizing things, you're, you can't get that kind of quick, easy access to high-quality content. Like, th think uh, Josh Strathays, the person I use as an example. Imagine the kind of cost that would be required for him to dedicate make you content. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in wages, right? When you're talking about the high upper-end talents of YouTube, to have them make content for you, the, the, the cost would be astronomical. There's, there's no business model that you could have that you, where you could replicate uh, that kind of high quality content with that kind of, kind of frequency. Yeah, it's not really gonna change. The difference between reviews and reactions. What's the difference between a react and a review? Um, in A review has portions of something to give context to what you say. Um, where a reaction is, you present the entirety of another work. Traditionally unedited. Certainly there are some things called reactions that are basically just reviews, but... In a review, they have most likely watched the thing before and made an analysis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, as I'm says as well. Reviewers watch the whole thing offline first before they present their comments, yeah. I would say that the old Fine Brothers React videos were acceptable, even with the React tag on them, but they were different. Uh, the... The sort of React content that I point to as acceptable is like the Corridor Digital React videos, which is they'll get a person who's like an expert 
in some sort of content or some sort of field and they will sit down with that new person and they will watch something like for an hour or something and then they'll talk during it and then we won't see that hour footage what we will see is everything that they said that you know was worth saying has some value plus enough of what they watched to give context to their words so if you go watch their their reaction to arcane with a guy who talks about how um the, all the visual effects work and stuff you don't see entire episodes of, of, of arcane there you see parts of the show that give context to their words and that's fine ultimately it's just a review or a response or commentary as opposed to uh, reaction content that I'm criticizing, which is the pause button stuff. What about reactions to subreddits? I think Reddit Tumblr videos are also totally cool because they are transformative editor made offline. I don't mean the stupid TTS ones, I mean actual ones. Yeah, the Reddit is that interesting thing where the stuff that's presented there isn't for uh, monetary gain. It's not, um, a, per a person's livelihood isn't dependent upon this stuff. Uh, it, it isn't even technically done for self-promotion. It's, it's, who gets big on Reddit, you know? Uh, and this, of course, is a content creator taking something from YouTube to put on Reddit for self-promotion or, or whatever. You get you get what I'm saying. Like people who type, you know, a story into Reddit or something. The I look more at Reddit, uh, talking about subreddits and stuff, more like um, in, in the same way that you're responding to stuff that's put on Twitter. It's just stuff put out publicly to share information so like obviously there can be exceptions to that the eclipse and and that sort of public stuff is not um the stuff that i'm really criticizing especially when you're talking about like really low effort stuff you know if you want something more to watch check out my video linked down below about the harm of reaction content it looks at the topic from every angle with some data thrown in and it is arguably the best video i've ever made be sure to like and subscribe. Also leave a comment if you have something on your mind. My feed gives them to me from all over my channel. It doesn't matter how old the video is. I wish you all the best.